0: With our faith, time y'all, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have a great show ahead for you guys. I want to thank everyone for for supp- who, who has been supporting the Path of Revelation show. I, I never want 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 to take the opportunity and the platform that I have for granted, and so I, I thank everyone for supporting the show. I appreciate you guys writing in questions, suggestions, even prayer requests. If you have any prayer requests, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com and leave your prayer requests. If you have any suggestions for future shows, feel free to leave that as well. But I want to thank everyone who has been supporting the show. And I know I, I always thank you guys, but I really appreciate you guys because there are thousands of podcasts in the world. And for you guys to choose this as one of the podcasts or the podcast that you listen to, it means a lot, a lot to me because I don't want to waste anybody's time. Listen, I I, I really want to see the, 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 the body of Christ take his rightful place and stand up and be the light of the world as Christ called us to be and to be the salt of the earth as Christ called us to be. And so I'm excited. I have a great show ahead for you guys today. Um, just thinking about things, you know, we're just coming out of Resurrection Sunday. And man, it's great, man. This is a great time of, of the year for us as Christians. It it, it it really encouraged my heart to see so many Christians out bold about their faith and how grateful they are for what Jesus did for them on the cross and how he is risen. Like he said, man, it, it, it's, it's powerful. It was a powerful statement that I saw from many who profess Christ. And I think it's dope. Um, when, when, when we as Christians are excited about our faith and we're, and, and it shows outwardly, because people should look at us and, and, and see something different about us. They should see an excitement about us. They should see a zeal about us that is second to none. And, and they should see a love that they don't see in the world or see from other beliefs or faiths. And so it was dope seeing that from the body of Christ um, this weekend. But I had an interesting thought as it relates to Resurrection uh, Sunday and Good Friday and all of these things. You know, I think it's great that it's a holiday, that we recognize it as a holiday. But I had an interesting thought. I think sometimes, for and I, and I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way, but this weekend, I think the dope part about this weekend, while at the same time the unfortunate part about this weekend, the dope part is that many churches that don't normally preach the gospel or give a, a a gospel presentation i think this weekend a lot of those churches or at least some of them actually did that um because it's the weekend it's the highlight of the weekend hey we have we have to talk about the cross we have to talk about he is risen this is the core this is why we believe what we believe this is why we believe he is who he said he is. So many churches that normally don't preach the gospel or even focus on the cross, they focused on it this weekend. I think that's dope. I think that's great. You know, Paul said, you know, long as Christ is preached, even if your motive isn't right, or if, if, if even if you're preaching Christ out of a place of bitterness or envy and strife, long as Christ is preached. So I think that's great because it, it adds to the furtherance of the gospel But the unfortunate part is that I think for a lot of us as Christians, culturally, we've made the cross and the resurrection. We've limited it to a holiday, to it only being a holiday. And so we don't we don't practice preaching the gospel outside of this weekend. You know, we because we've become so accustomed to these motivational self-centered sermons that focus on our dreams our goals and and these sermons focus on our dreams and our goals and they and 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 the preachers and the pastors just inject scripture into the into the sermons but the sermons aren't about god they're about god giving us what we want and so i think it's dangerous Um, I think we have to get back to Christology in the church. I think we have to get back to Christ centered preaching because people need Jesus. You know, sometimes in the church, we, we preach these, these self-centered messages and a lot of times people don't know any better because we're using scriptures we're using Bible stories. We're using stories like David and Goliath. And hey, God is going to help you overcome your Goliath in your life. We, we use these analogies. And, and and the problem that I have a lot of times with a lot of these type of sermons is that they're vague. We we leave the sermon open to interpretation for people. And so, for example, if if in the sermon... I say that, hey, you're you're like David and what you're facing is Goliath and it's keeping you from your goals. That's open to interpretation. And what I mean by that is what if my you're speaking to me, you're preaching this to me. But what if my goals and my dreams are the very thing that are separating me from God? What if my dreams and my goals are the very thing that's keeping me from surrendering my heart and my life to God. And so the concern that I have is outside of Resurrection Weekend, we're we're focused on teaching and preaching these messages that, that help accommodate people's goals and dreams for their lives and not God's purpose and dream for their life. And so we have to get back to christ-centered preaching we have to get back to a foundation because what i'm learning is a lot of times we're we're motivating people we're preaching these messages and we're and we're preaching these messages to people who don't have a solid foundation in christ we're preaching these messages to people who don't even know christ and so they're using the bible to accommodate their feelings and so I we have to what if we made the resurrection more than a weekend (laughs) what if we made the message of the cross our consistent proclamation our our consistent focus like the Apostles did what did Paul say he says man I preach Christ and him crucified you know Paul and the apostles and the early church, they wasn't preaching, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. They were preaching the good news of Jesus. Because why men were dead in their sins and headed for eternal damnation. And so today is no different. People still need the gospel, not just during the resurrection weekend. Like this is the cornerstone. This is the foundation of what we believe. And, and, and so what I, what I'm observing on one hand is dope that we, we represent it for the resurrection weekend. But on the other hand, I, I see people and, and I could say this because I've been in church my entire life. I've grown up in church. I was born. Like there's never been a time where I haven't been in church the unfortunate part, there are people who have been in church their entire life, but don't have an understanding of the gospel. They don't under have an understanding of what Christ, what the cross really means or what the cross should really mean to them. And so, man, let's, let's get beyond the resurrection just being something that we celebrate as a holiday and let's proclaim the work of the cross and a risen savior all year round amen let the church say amen <laughs> but listen man i'm i'm excited um you know it, later on we're going to get into the featured song um by my brother Reed B. Versus. it's his single Mot- motivated but before we get into that you know after that, we're going to uh, hop into... Man, this is a great... Man, you guys have to listen to this entire show. Listen, I know I say this every show, but but you have to listen to, to this next segment after the featured song. Listen, I have an article I want to share with you guys from CNN, and it's talking about how Christianity um, is no longer the dominant faith in America now. And so this is an inter- this is a very interesting... Uh, article I'm going to share with you guys, but I want to give my perspective on why I believe this is the case today. Um, and, and so we're going to hop into the featured song. But before that, I had a thought. I want to share a thought with you guys before we hop into the featured song. Um, I've been studying a lot. I, I've, I've always been big into apologetics and evangelism. But as of lately, I've really been really just meditating on and putting together some some game plans as far as things that I want to do as as far as outreach, and I really believe that God um, that God has really been challenging me in the in this area. But I begin to think as as we are coming out of Resurrection uh, Weekend, I begin to think about the difference between what we believe as Christians and what other faiths believe, and what's one of the major differences. Um, outside of the resurrection being an actu- actual historical event, which which validates Jesus being who he said he is and everything, and, and validates the the holy scriptures, I begin to think about what separates us from other faiths. And one of the the main things that separate us from other faiths is that other beliefs and other faiths, when it when, when it comes down to it. All other religions are really telling you to be good enough. What do I mean by that? Hey, for you to be in right standing with God and really get the approval of the God that you serve, whether it's Allah, uh, Buddha. Hey, you have to do good. You have to you have a list of things that you have to do to get in right standing with your God. Where while on the other hand, Christianity says you'll never be good enough. So here's the blood of Christ. Here's the work of Christ on the cross, because no matter how good you how many good things that you do, uh, feeding the homeless given to the ch- to charity, no matter how many good things that we do, we'll never be good enough. So here's Christ blood shed for you on the cross. And so this is, this is truly the good news because as believers, um, as it relates to other faiths and I have, I've had many associates of different religions and faiths, you know, it it was work-based. My good has to outweigh my bad. And long as my good outweighs my bad, because none of us is perfect, which I agree with that. But long as my good outweighs my bad, I'll be I'll I'll make it to paradise or I'll make it to heaven or whatever that promised land is for them. But in Christ, the Bible teaches us that God is holy. He is perfect. He in in essence, that perfection requires moral perfection and so God, because God is holy he requires holiness he requires perfection and because he knows that we are unable to do that he gave us Christ who lived a perfect life that we couldn't and died the death that we deserved and, and suffered the penalty of sin and death that we deserved and so I'm, re- I'm reminded of scriptures like 2nd uh, Corinthians 5 and 21 that says for our sake He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, Jesus became sin that we might become right in right standing with God. Galatians 2 and 16 says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because the works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So in other words, no matter how much good you do, you can actually be doing things that God instructs you to do. But if you, if we do not have faith in Christ, man, we are not justified. We are not saved. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for the work of, of Jesus. And this is something uh, as Christians, this celebration of, 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 of the cross and resurrection. And I'm just tying it into the first part of what I was saying. This is something that should never get old to us, but it should be something that we're always striving to be conformed to like, man, I, I need to be conformed to the death of Christ. What does that look like in application? Man, I need to be loving my neighbor. I need to be praying for and blessing my enemies and those who despitefully use me and have taken advantage of me. I need to be practicing selfless sacrifice, sacrificial love, as Christ demonstrated for us on the cross. And as Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What does that mean for us? Christ rose with all power. And so now, man, I don't have to be a slave to sin. I don't have to be a slave to the desires of my flesh, but I can walk in victory. I don't have to just recognize my my flaws and say, oh, I'm 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 human like everybody else. I make mistakes. No, I don't have to settle with my sin. I can say, yeah, I'm 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 flawed. I'm human. But you know what? Sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Because Christ has given me victory. And, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live victorious lives as believers. Amen. Glory to God. But listen, let's hop into the featured song. This is motivate motivate motivated by my brother Reed B verses.
1: Um. a lot of wickedness going on Somebody gotta talk about it I'm motivated Yeah Truth is at stake, we gotta take it back All these lies I'm hearing, it's got me taken back for heaven's sake, we gotta state the facts Heavy stakes for the snakes, this beef will break they back The bodies at war, that's the breaking news The fakes sneak in, just to break the rules The your is, they try to make them cool And the lies are ignored, for the sake of fools That situation with Gibbons and almost made me cry Not because of these gay, but because of pride And the people that listen to them, just let it ride And the people that's closest to them, just let them hide I guess it's best that we come out the closet These Christian rappers are quag, cause death is in their closets Or maybe a direct deposits Not keeping Jay close, it could affect their wallets Yeah, looks like they motivated Yeah, but what's their motivation? Yeah, I think you're motivated Yeah, but what's the motivation? Yeah, this is motivation Yeah, I see we're motivated Look, you know I'm motivated Yeah, motivated Yeah, a lot of soldiers breaking And folding up, it's like they're throwing their soul to Satan Hope he buffers their bodies until their bones is breaking So they can run home, you know your bros is waiting Yeah, see that's my motivation I wanna see you in heaven, I want your soul to make it Yeah, and then there's no mistaking I'm just taking my time until the toll is taken how sin is sinister It makes it hard to see vividly when our vision's blurred blur. Men are scared, insecure, they plenty cursed These men are just rappers, they're not our ministers Yeah, So why you in this sprite? All I see is rebellion without an end in sight If you stand it for truth, you gotta make it known And speak against any evils that try to take us on Is that your motivation? Yeah, Looks like you're motivated Yeah, what's your motivation, yeah, motivated, yeah, you know my motivation, look, I'm motivated, yeah, this is motivation, yeah, motivated, yeah, I hope your souls are kept, this is out of control, you can't control what's next, yeah, a hundred miles and running, keep keeping it coming, you'll never see what's coming. Yeah, I pray my soul he keeps The devil's influence never takes hold of me Yeah, I guess we'll know indeed This is more than just rapping, we gotta showin' deeds C.A. faces a drama and never save his soul God uses it, yes, but that's the way he rolls Y'all defending it more than y'all stand for him Showing love to the lost while y'all embrace his sin Look, they'll never make it in Cause you don't love them enough, you'd rather play a friend Yeah, so you play yourself and playing in this game will send them straight to hell Is that your motivation? Are you motivated? What's your motivation? Look, you know I'm motivated. Looks like you're motivated. But what's your motivation? Motivated, got different motivations.
0: so I want to hop right into it. Christianity is no longer the dominant religion or belief amongst Americans, according to this article that my wife shared with me by CNN. It was about two weeks ago, you know, Eric, my my wife, Erica shared this article with me and I just thought it was so interesting. Um, but it was interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I'm a a minister, evangelist, a believer, and I want to see I want to see people one to the go- glorious gospel that that we proclaim as Christians. But it was also interesting to me because of a lot of the conversations that I've been having over the f- past couple of years with friend old friends and associates who once identified themselves as Christians but no longer identify themselves as Christians. And, you know, whether they've adopted a new faith or they're just, they don't know what they really believe. They just know they're not a Christian. I've seen this number increase amongst people that I know and people that I have known in the past. And so it's very interesting to me. Uh, The third reason why this article is very interesting to me as well it's because with my wife being a therapist um, it's very interesting to see the Christian parents who bring their children in to, to get counseling who have no knowledge of of the Bible or God they just know that their family identifies as Christians or or whatever the case may be but I, w- I want to get into this article and then I want to specifically talk about two reasons why I believe that Christianity is no longer the dominant religion in America. And so I want to I want to read this article just to kind of give you some 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 points and, and kind of give you some context. Uh, but the title of the article and, and again, the article is by CNN. The title of the article is. There are now as many Americans who claim no religion as there are evangelicals and Catholics, a survey finds. So it begins to read, for the first time, no religion has topped a survey of Americans' religious identity, according to a new analysis by a political scientist, the non-religious edged out Catholics and Evangelicals in the long-running General Social Survey. Ryan Burge, a political scientist at Eastern Illinois University and a Baptist pastor, found that 23.1% of Americans now claim no religion. Catholics came in at 23% and Evangelicals were at 22.5%. The three groups remain within the margin of error of each other, though making it a statistical tie. Over 2,000 people were interviewed in person for the survey. Religious nons and it's in quotation, religious nons, as they are called by researchers, are a diverse group made up of atheists, agnostics the spiritual and those who are no specific organized religion in particular or associated with any specific organized religion in particular a rejection of organized religion is the common thread they share man this is so interesting it is the first time and this is a quote by Burge it is the first time we have seen this the same questions have been asked for 44 years, Burge told CNN. The meteoric rise of religious nons began in the early 1990s and has grown 266% since 1991, he said. Burge estimates that no religion will be the largest group outright. In four to six years and I could see this happening the, re- the, the, the next title within the article is the reasons why the numbers exploded experts still debate the factors behind this wave of Americans declaring no religion one reason could be the internet says Nick Fish the president of American Atheists it provides a place for non-believers to find each other Quote, the ease of access to the Internet helped build communities where they didn't feel alone, he says. And I can I can see that and I can actually agree with that. Um, Just kind of comment to that particular point real quick. The Internet is a melting pot. You can find good information on the Internet and you can find bad information on the on the Internet. You the Internet allows you to find people who believe like you or even introduce you to people who have an opposing view and so i most definitely can see the internet uh playing a part in in where we are culturally here in america and and one thing I'll another thing that i'll say about the internet man you know with there being bad and good information on the internet I I think there's way more bad information on the Internet, just as a as another point to to my to a point. But one thing I'll say about the Internet, and and that is. The Internet has resurrected arguments. Against Christianity that have been dead or, or debunked for years. You know, you see information and debates coming back up. Did Jesus really, was Jesus really a man? Did Jesus really walk the earth or or, or did Jesus rise from the grave? Like these are are debates that have been debunked years ago, but because the Internet is, is fairly still, even though it's been social media has been around for years, it's still a, a fresh and new thing. And so these different arguments against Christianity are being reintroduced to a generation of individuals who are ignorant to these arguments. And people are literally being indoctrinated by false doctrine. And so back to reading the article, though, it says Robin Blumner, executive director of the Richard Dawkins Foundation for reasons for reason and science sees the change as a generational trend driven by millennials. See, that goes to the point I just made by, you know, younger generation, you know, people who are ignorant. You know, this this all speaks to millennials and the ne- and generation, I believe, Z. Uh, we are seeing the rise of a generation of Americans who are hungry for facts and curious about the world, she says. So that was a quote the next title within the article, they are an unrepresented group. Whatever the causes, the non-religious represent a growing constituency. Yet this demographic is greatly underrepresented in Washington's halls of power. There is not a single open atheist amid the most diverse Congress in history. According to a Pew study. That's interesting. The Congressional Free Thought Caucus's 10 members try to represent non theist interests while protecting the secular character of government. Quote, this growing group of Americans can feel like there is at least some people in Congress who believe they matter, says the co chair and founder Rep Jared Huffman of California. So that was the end of the article, and I think it's a very good article. I think this article is a good article to discuss in our small groups as believers or amongst other believers, and really ask ourselves, how did we get here? Because I, I, as I said before I read this article, I've noticed this shift in culture, just just out of the people that I talk to have been talking to over the last five years, close friends and associates, people that once identified as Christians who now don't identify as anything, or or individuals who never identified as a faith, then th- there is most definitely a rise, and so I think there's a lot of merit to this to this article um, in terms of the statistical finds. You know what I'm saying? Because it was something that I believe I, I believe that I I most definitely noticed, but I didn't have any statistics or anything to hold up to what I was seeing. And so I think it's very alarming. And so I do want to take the time to address this article and and focus on two reasons why I think that Christianity is no longer the dominant religion in America. I think one of, and this is no particular order, but I think the first, one of the first reasons why Christianity has, has declined in terms of how many people profess it in America is because false doctrine in the pulpits, false doctrine in the pulpits, I, you know, I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to the church in, in the book of Acts right before he was martyred towards the end of his ministry. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And he's talking to pastors right now. To care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. And so Paul is warning the church against wolves or AKA false teachers and false prophets. And he, and he, and, and what's interesting about his warning is, Hey, they're not just coming from outside, but there are some who are among us now who are going to switch up. And I can't help, but no, I can't help, but notice having been in church my entire life, I've seen different preachers who at once, who at one time boldly proclaimed the gospel, but once they begin to get fame and recognition and Or for fame and recognition from the world that they're that they were called to preach the gospel to they begin to switch their message for the sake of fame and so I think one of the biggest problems in the church is false doctrine from the pulpit many people have begin who who once identified as Christians are are walking away from the church altogether because what is being taught did not work. Where, whereas now in many of our pulpits, preachers are distorting the gospel. And giving people empty promises. And telling people what God is going to do for them. Hey, if you just give this amount of money or give this seed, God is going to do this for you or do that for you. And what's happening is with this false prosperity gospel that's being preached in a lot of churches, people are seeing that it does not work and people are seeing that they are literally being manipulated. And because a lot of people never really had a foundation in, in, in God's word for themselves, their only example of Christianity is wolves and thieves and crooks. And so now they don't want anything to do with Christianity because, hey, you told me if I just had enough faith or if I just gave a seed or if I just named it or claimed it, that God would do it for me. And so a lot of these wolves and and and, and false prophets in the pulpits, they're playing with they're playing with people's emotions. There are people who who are believing God for a child. And they and they can't have a child, and the false prophet or teacher is saying, "Hey, if you give this seed, God will give you what you're asking for." Or and, and what happens here, Here's where the here's where the real savage part comes. We tell people to believe God for something and and to do A, B, C, and D, and when it doesn't happen, even after they do A, B, C, and D we tell them it didn't happen because they didn't have enough faith. Instead of taking responsibility for prophesying to them, <laughs> instead of taking responsibility for giving people false prophecies, we just tell them, hey, you didn't have enough faith. And so now as a result, people are tired of being manipulated because God is being painted as a genie that is supposed to meet my every desire and need. Even when my desires and needs don't necessarily line up with God, with his will and his word. That's a whole nother topic. And so when things don't turn out my way, why would I, and the way that you told me it was supposed to turn out? Why would I serve that God when, when my expectation of God is He's supposed to give me what I'm asking for? And so people are tired of being manipulated and it's unfortunate because the devil is not is working inside the church and outside the church and i think that's that this that statement is backed up by the scripture that i just read when paul said hey there are some who are coming in and there are some who are within right now and so what i'm noticing is The lack of false doctrine, and this is why I said in the beginning of the show, we have to get back to to Christology and preaching Jesus and him crucified, God manifested in the flesh. We got to get back to teaching who Jesus is because that is the answer to the world. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life no man comes to the father but by me Jesus is the answer he is he is the missing piece to what's wrong with the world and so false doctrine is most definitely one of the main areas I believe that has given rise to other false religions and beliefs because our doctrine within the church is off and listen, I really believe this with all my heart. I, I really believe that, especially in the information age, the age of social media and the Internet, that when our theology and our doctrines within the church aren't sound, we play a big part in strengthening the rise of courts and false religions outside of the church. Many of the people, many of the brothers and sisters who are identifying as Hebrew Israelites now, they came out of the church. Many of the the sisters and brothers who now identify as worshiping their ancestors, getting back to their African roots and in different um, witchcraft. These people came out of the church. A lot of these people came out of the church and still have ties within the church. I know of Hebrew Israelites who who still play for some churches today. They'll play for a church. On on Tuesday or Sunday. Or Sunday and be on Facebook Monday bashing the church this is true story and it's because a lot of these individuals not all but a lot of these individuals weren't given sound doctrine and when I say sound doctrine I'm not just talking about information but I'm talking about application as well and so I'm not just teaching sound doctrine but I'm actually living out what I'm teaching. I'm not being a hypocrite. And that doesn't mean that we should expect pastors and preachers and leaders to be perfect, but I shouldn't be preaching one thing or preaching righteousness and living unrighteousness. I I can't preach the gospel and actively live for the devil or live in sin. And so there should be a consistency but the second, the second reason why I believe that Christianity is no longer the dominant religion in America or belief in America is because of poor examples at home. Because poor examples at home. Many of the parents are sitting under... These preachers that I just described. Many parents are following a false gospel, the gospel of self, or the prosperity gospel. And so, because the parents are sitting under bad leadership, they are bad leadership for their children. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so. Mommy and daddy are not. The right examples for their children of what it means to be godly parents. And so, what, what is happening? Something, something that I told, and and this is not one of the things that I'm found. I'm finding is not just. I don't want to put it all on the pastors' fault. I don't want to put all the blame on the pulpit, because there are some parents who actually sit under sound teaching. There are actually some parents who actually sit under sound doctrine. And they're still not being the example of what it means to be a believer for before their children. They're not teaching their children the ways of the Lord. They're not teaching their children how to pray and and who Jesus is. They're not teaching their children the importance of reading the Bible and understanding God's word. And so I don't want to just put all the blame on the pulpits because some, some parents are just doing a bad job of living as Christians, even if they are getting good teaching. And if you're sitting under bad teaching it's your responsibility as as a parent to get under sound doctrine and to make sure that you are. Studying to show yourself approved so you can be the example that your children need. I, I never forget, I, I, I was teaching, I was preaching at a church and it wasn't even a part of my message, but I just really felt led of the Lord. And I told the parents, I was like, some of us are more concerned with our children being great in the world than we are them being great in God. We're more concerned with our children being known by the world than our children knowing God. And so many of our children are excelling in the world. They're excelling in sports. They're excelling in the classroom. They're winning awards. They're getting scholarships. But they're on their way to hell. They don't know Jesus. And we think in our twisted thinking, we think just because they're coming to church with us and that we're their parents, that God is going to let them in heaven. Without them, without us teaching them the importance of cultivating a relationship with the Lord. And so I think this is what has happened with many Parents who, who profess to be Christians, they're not teaching their children the ways of the Lord. And a, a combination of it is because they're they're sitting under bad teaching. But it's also a result of a lack of desire and drive for them to really know God. And so, you know, I always I always talk. I talk with my wife. I always share with you guys that my wife is a therapist and in her last position at her last job she would counsel adults and children and a lot of the people that she would counsel or do sessions with a lot of the parents were professing Christians and a lot of the children that she counseled with their parents were professing christians and what she found is a lot of the young people or the younger generation the millennials and generation z they didn't identify as christians even though they may have grown up in a christian home or their parents identified as christians they didn't they many of them didn't identify as christians and many of them were ignorant to the things of god or ignorant to jesus a lot of them just identified as agnostic or spiritualist. like I'm not an atheist, but I'm not a Christian. And they showed no interest towards the Bible or God. And, and I believe that a lot of it had to do with the example that their parents set before them. Mommy and daddy professed to be a Christian, but mommy and daddy didn't really show real really true interest or 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 zeal for christ yeah they would go to church every now and then they may go to church every sunday but it's not something that they're living out and so i taught i taught i taught a message in the message when i when i told the parents i was like hey our children your children see when you're faking they see when you're one way at church but they see how you live at home and they see that Mommy and daddy is being hypocritical or not living for Christ. So why should I? And so that I, I believe these two points are something that we really should consider. And I'm interesting in, interested in hearing your thoughts on this particular topic because I really believe it's a real topic. You can go to com, Leave your comments on what you think about this particular topic, because I I believe it's something that we as the church have to tackle head on. But I'll say this about the and, and I'll add a third point point. I believe and this is very important. I though, Christianity is no longer the dominant religion in America or belief I believe God is is using this for his glory and and I'm saying that for a couple of reasons I believe that the people who were once on the fence those who were lukewarm I believe those people are being challenged people who were once on the fence who profess to be Christians but weren't really living as Christians. They were living for the world and thinking that they can go in in and out of the church. I can live for the world one minute. I can sing and live for God the next minute, back and forth, back and forth. I believe those people are making decisions now. I believe the people who many people who once professed to be Christians, I believe those people are either making decisions. Hey, I'm not a Christian no more. I'm going to live how I want to live. And, and then I believe there are those on the other side who are like, you know what? I'm tired of being on the fence. I need to get serious about Jesus. I need to get serious about Christ. And so I believe God in this hour is separating the wheat from the tare. I believe he's separating the wheat from the tare. I never forget. I'll share this testimony. One of my old employees I had never even shared Christ with him directly, but he had heard me talking about Jesus with other my other employees and and I just strive to live the life before him. And it was a year later after he had stopped working with me, he called me out of the blue and said, hey, Gabe. I'm tired, man. I'm tired of living. A fake as a fake Christian. And in so many words, he says, man, I'm ready to really make a commitment for the Lord. I'm tired of faking, I'm tired of the games. I'm tired of playing with God. I wanna be real. And I stopped immediately what I was doing. And I led him to the Lord. And so what I'm saying is, man, we have to, as believers, we have to know what we believe in, while we believe it, and really seek the heart of God. listen you've been tuned in to the path of revelation show and this is where the culture meets scripture